There's going to be a Harry Potter TV show? Liam Neeson might star in a Naked Gun reboot? What is going on with this GameStop stock thing? All this and more on today's Willy Wonka-ist, Mighty Ducksiest, Disneylandiest episode of Nostalgia Cast. Welcome to Nostalgia Cast, your weekly roundup of the best and most up to date nostalgic news where we discuss the stories and give our thoughts. Let's take a look back into our childhoods through the lens of modern pop culture with your hosts, Andrew Price, Dad Beats, aka Kirk Pinchon, and sometimes Tyler Palo. But not today. No TP. That's Tyler Palo. No TP. No, no TP for my bunghole. Oh, you made it weird. I made it. I made it great. You made it topical and weird for your bunghole. I made it which actually actually works. Drewy, what's going on? Nothing, man. Except all these damn stories. All these stories up in this danceateria. True stories. <laughs> I hope they, yep, they, I hope they are. I hope they are all true. I hope we haven't. All of them are not. I hope we haven't done fifty-three episodes of just made-up shit. <laughs> and your excuse is like, I mean, I found them on the internet, so I thought they were true. No, my excuse is just, yeah, we, we were going to start this podcast. We we're going to do a news podcast and. I went to go, you know, put together a, an outline of that week's news on the episode one and my internet went out. And so I just, I just had to make them up. And then after that point, it was like, I got to keep doing this now. I you have to have consistency stop. in the show. So the, yeah. all, every single story has just been fiction. And right. I've actually had to go out of my way to like make fake trailers for movies that I you know, made up that are coming out. You had to make fake press releases and send them to all the internet websites like Variety. Yeah. And I've, gone, I've gone so out of my way for this, for this whole thing. I mean, I, you know, remember when we, remember when we went and watched Rambo? <laughs> you made Rambo? I made Rambo Last Blood. Because <laughs> that was episode one and I was just like, yep. fuck, I don't... I don't know what's, what movies are coming out because I don't have the internet, but we have to review a movie because this is what the premise of the show used to be that isn't this way anymore. Uh, and then I just had to quickly make Rambo Last Blood. That makes sense as to why it wasn't that good of a movie. Yeah. Because I mean, it was, it was just rough. it was just me and I've deep faked my people's faces over my face. Uh, and even now you have your internet back and you could look up stories you're just like i'm too deep I'm yeah too deep. yeah I'm t- it's way too deep i've gone yeah. too far down the rabbit hole um so that being said it, the first uh made-up story that i completely wrote uh out of my imagination you caused this <laughs> i i caused this to happen i manifested it 
So let's get let's just get into the stories. Let's get into pop culture news. Pop culture news. We're gonna find out the stuff that's going on today. Maybe or maybe not. I made it up anyway. It's the pop culture news. It's the pop culture news. Pop culture news. That was early Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Oh. Before he changed his voice and got a little more rock oriented. I, I I'm gonna I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Good, because that's all I had. Blah, tune. Uh, yeah, so, so let's just get into this. So I'm sure you've heard a little bit of something about this. Oh, I know this. Both Kirk and audience. But uh, some crazy shit's been going on these past couple days in the, in the old stock market, uh, specifically with the uh the stocks for the uh the video game retail store GameStop and to a lesser degree AMC theaters mm-hmm. uh but but most of it's been around GameStop uh this is this could also almost be in industry news uh because we're talking about AMC and we tend to talk about movie theater stuff but yeah. Uh, I just put it in. It was more of a GameStop thing. Yeah, it's, it's like more that, like that bounced. Yeah, AMC is just kind of like a side thing to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're if you're not familiar with it, basically, uh, there's a there's a subreddit on Reddit uh, called R Wall Street Bets, and basically, they are a bunch of independent redditors who essentially do a smaller scale version of what actual uh, Wall Street hedge fund managers do, which is bet on stocks. Um, yep. It's all gambling. Yeah. And so they, they basically what what these Wall Street people do is they 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 look at they look at the stock market and they try to like forecast like what they think is going to happen. And then they will they will bet for or against stocks in order to get a return on them by being like, Oh, I think this is gonna, uh, this is going to do well. So let's like buy a bunch of stock there or like this. I think this stock is going to go bad. So let's sell all of this stock or whatever. And, uh, you know, most famously, uh, if you're not familiar with any of this, I certainly am not, I'm kind of just speaking off stuff I've read. I, I do not really know how wall street or the stock market works at all. Um, but, uh, the movie, the big short is kind of about, a famous version of this where yeah, it's a more complicated and famous version, but yeah. Yeah. Where, 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 where uh, a stockbroker or whatever he is, uh, kind of noticed that he, back in, uh, 2007, he, he kind of predicted by looking at all this data that the housing market was going to crash. And he, he did this huge thing where he bet against the housing market. Um, and was right and the housing market did crash in 2008. Uh, so basically what happened here was you have the GameStop stock 
And GameStop is a company that's really struggling right now, not doing well at all, um, has, you know, come up against and faced bankruptcy or the threat of bankruptcy multiple times in the last several years and especially during the pandemic. So, yeah, so there's, so there's this famous depiction of this uh, in uh, the, the big short. And basically what happened here was that the there's a subreddit, uh, RWallStreetBets, where a bunch of people do a smaller form version of this betting. Um, and they essentially came up with this plan. Uh, there's something called meme stocks where people will just like, get like get people buying and trading and selling stocks with memes and so this meme started where people basically started saying that they should uh they should buy a bunch of this game stock stock game stock gamestop stock and drive up the value of it and mm-hmm. in doing that they've made gamestop stock like the most valuable stock in on the entire stock market by like some huge degree. Yes. Um, over a thousand percent. Yeah. It's like, it's like an unprecedented, it's an unprecedented thing. That's just, it's like, there's no accounting for this whatsoever. This is just like an insane thing that has never happened before where GameStop stock is just like artificially been boosted to being like leaps and bounds, the most valuable stock on the stock market. And so there's been a lot of fallout from this. And this is, this was all driven from the subreddit. And so basically in the light of this, uh, 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 the, some of these hedge funds that, you know, had bet against GameStop have just gone bankrupt. Like this has literally yeah. put some hedge funds out of business where a bunch of these people just like lost their jobs like overnight because of this. And, and then also um, the, the stock market has like, f- like temporarily at certain points, like, frozen trading of these stocks because it's just getting so out of hand. And so there's a lot of stuff going on with this where basically there's a lot of discourse going on with this where people are freaking out and saying like, this is bad and it's going to crash the stock market and this is horrible and it's putting people out of jobs. And then there's a lot of people being like, you know, who gives a fuck? Like there's a bunch of rich people that are like, that treat, you know, the American economy as like a casino and now they're getting you know, a taste of their own medicine. And, uh, you know, now they're getting screwed over by this when usually they're the ones screwing people over with their, you know, their day trading bullshit. Um, so it's, it's just a crazy thing. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to play this really quick and may, and maybe you can provide more, uh, insight on this Kirk. Cause honestly, mm-hmm. like I, I literally just don't have any clue about the stock market at all. I'm so pretty, I'm, pretty good sense. Not expert by any means. Yeah. I'm just, kinda. I'm just trying to wrap my mind around this, but I'm going to play yeah. this really quick. So Trevor Noah from the Daily Show, he basically did a thing oh, where he great. took he took the scene from The Big Short where Margot Robbie descri- uh, explains what um, stock market shorting is, and he like superimposed his head over the scene over her body, and uh, and he kind of summarizes the whole thing. So I'm just going to play this. Basically. There's a group of people on Reddit who don't use the stock market to invest. They use it to gamble. And yeah, that's what a lot of serious investors do too. But these guys on Reddit are more honest about it and they love to troll the people who aren't. So there's a store called GameStop that sells video games. Not a great business to be in since games can be downloaded now. 
which is why the serious investors decided to short GameStop, which means to bet against it. But the Redditors are gamers who have a semi-ironic love for the store, so they started making memes encouraging each other to punish the serious people by buying worthless GameStop stocks. Now, instead of failing, GameStop is succeeding wildly. Not really, of course, not as a business. But come on, stocks are never real. The serious people have already lost $5 billion and some giant hedge funds have gone bankrupt. Got it? Good. Trevor's sexy. Yeah. So what, what, what say you about this, Kirk? First of all, it's all legal. Like there is no illegality in this at all. This is just the, the way it's true. It's trolling. It's basically these people on Reddit are like, let's just do what hedge fund people do to the stock market all the time. Yeah. So it's kind of sweet revenge. It does. It it's not going to really fuck up the stock market. It makes it. There is concern if this keeps happening, it would make it volatile, which no one wants the stock market to be. But and you know, it is kind of sad that you put hedge fund people out of business. But I've I've met some hedge fund people and they're assholes. So uh, <laughs> you know, um, but basically what they do is sub bitch. <laughs> That's literally every hedge fund guy. Yeah, not that sub, not that that was a hedge fund guy, but that just seems like the energy. It is. That is the energy of it. They. They borrow the stock and then they sell the stock and then they buy it back at a lower price and then pocket the difference. That's what essentially shorting is. Yeah. So if they buy it, uh, if they sell it at 10 and then they're like, well, I'm going to bet that it's going to go even lower. Um, then they buy it back at three. They made $3 profit, but they got to give that, they have to give the stock back to the person who borrowed it. So what those troll guys did was inflated the stock so the hedge funds like oh fuck we need to pay more money because we have to give that stock we have to get that stock back because we borrowed it we have to give it back and the only way we can get it back is to buy it at the price that it is now and that price just happens to be way inflated so that's basically how they got gained they got got they got got which on one hand yeah you're like could this be the new normal for the stock market who knows but still it is kind of funny it's funny in the sense that it's fucking GameStop. yeah i mean it's just it's a meme it's a fucking mm -hmm. meme that's what that's just what it is it's that's the equivalent of crazy it's the equivalent of the bernie sanders meme but just with like real money involved and people exactly. losing jobs and stuff yeah the power of the meme man it's insane yep. I guess the power of Reddit. I mean, I'm never on Reddit, so I don't know if it's that powerful, but apparently it is. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, we, we we talked about this a little while back that they're going to make this movie. Um, I don't think we knew really the specifics of it at all. I think we just kind of said that like they were going to be making some kind of new Willy Wonka or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie. I think at the time we were talking about it just being a remake. Um, oh my God, but, was this like the before times? Yeah, it was something we talked about in the studio. Oh my uh, God. That they were gonna re they were gonna be making a bunch of Raul Dahl movies mm -hmm. for Netflix. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, so I guess it's gonna be a prequel. That's like Willy Wonka's life before the events of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. 
that he kind of alludes to in the in the book and kind of in the movie as well, where he was like an adventurer who like was like traveling across the world, discovering new types of candy or whatever. Um, so they're making that, and it's rumored that that Willy Wonka is either going to be played by uh, he, what was it? I, he was Tom either going to be played by Tom Holland or Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Are rumored to star. And so a lot of people are upset about this. And there, there's so the Charlie and Chocolate Factory prequel Wonka is getting released in 2023 with Tom Holland or Timothy Chalamet rumored to star. And the news isn't sitting very well at all with many fans of the original movie. In 1971, Gene Wilder famously starred as the purple-suited chocolate salesman in the original movie da- adaptation, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. His performance is considered iconic, and for a lot of people, nobody else could ever convincingly play the character after Wilder previously set the bar so high. Uh, Any Willy Wonka who isn't Gene Wilder doesn't exist to me, one tweet reads. Other fans are not very enthused to see an origin story of Willy Wonka for storyline purposes, as delving into the backstory of such a mysterious character only cheapens how interesting he is. Says one fan, yes, Gene Wilder was perfect, but I think the bigger discussion is that the more you explain Willy Wonka, the less interesting he becomes as a character. Willy Wonka should have no prequel, no explanation, no motivation. He is an absolute mystery, which lends him power. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up, this person. Kirk, you said this. Oh, this was your me? quote. This was my quote? Yeah. Hey, listen, COVID's changed me. <laughs> this was pre-COVID? This is pre-COVID, so I'm different now. Okay, do people forget that there's actual a sequel book to Charlie? Uh, it's Char- Charlie and the, the Great, Great Glass, Glass Elevator. Elevator. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there is less. There's not that much mystery. There's a sequel book on it. I have, I've never seen the I've never seen the uh, Johnny Depp one. I don't really care about seeing it. Of course, the Gene Wilder one is delightful and sacred. But I'm going to say this right now, Andrew. I'm here for this. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I wouldn't mind seeing this. I would not mind seeing where Willy Wonka began. Yeah. It's just going to be, it's not going to be that tied into it. It's going to be like, you know, a backstory, a hero's journey. So, yeah, I'd see that. Sure. Yeah. What are people complaining I'd, about? I totally see it. Not that, I, not that I'm like excited about it or think it's going to be great, but like I'd see it. Yeah. And I'm not like yeah. mad about it. Exactly. I'm not mad about this. That's fine. Everyone can relax. He's an absolute mystery, which lends him power. The only thing I'm mad about, like a Paul Reiser to your Helen Hunt, is about you. Tell me why. I love you like I do. Tell me why. That's all I know from it. Yeah. That was pretty good, though. I was off the dome. I didn't didn't see that show in years. Yep. Uh, Wait, are you and I going to do a Mad About You reboot? Yes, and people are going to be okay. really mad about it. And that's going to be the headline. <laughs> that's the title. That's going to be the headline you. about from all the all the think pieces. Mad, mad about, about you? mad about mad you reboot. Yeah. First of all, who are these people? <laughs> Andrew Price and Kirk Pinchon. Who? I love how you accent the end of my name incorrectly, but you make it sound good. I say I say it like. Uh, I say you it like put a little French on it. Well, I, I say it like the the like Thomas Pinchon. I, I I can't help but say it like that because of the well, author. Well, Pinchon, but you say Pinchon. Oh yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe yeah. It, yeah yeah maybe that's just a, a weird a- affectation. 
Uh, let me tell you, I'm here for it. <laughs> um, so there's going to be a live action Harry Potter TV series at HBO Max. With both Star Wars and Marvel Cinematic Universe making the leap to television, it was only a matter of time before the wizarding world of Harry Potter followed suit. With HBO Max now offering the longtime Warner Brothers juggernaut a, stre- a streaming platform, it's time for Harry Potter to join the ranks of privilege, uh, pre- privilege, prestige TV. <laughs> um, check your prestige. According right. to the Hollywood Reporter, there are talks of live ac- of a live action Harry Potter TV project going on at Warner Brothers and HBO Max. Um, the article from THR did not note that these conversations are in their very did note that these uh, conversations are in their very early stages, as no writers or talent are currently attached for any specific projects. At the moment, it appears as though executives at HBO Max and Warner Brothers are actively working on a way to bring the Harry Potter franchise to TV, and they're listening to pitches from various writers about how they can make that happen. At this time, there isn't a concrete answer or direction. So it's basically, hey. What if we uh, brought Harry Potter to TV? Can we do that? Can we check with legal? Legal, we can do that? Okay, let's... Uh, no, we don't have any ideas about what. But uh, other than putting it on TV, let's, let's see what we can come up with. I would want a TV show, a Harry Potter TV show about Harry Potter, middle-aged Harry Potter, who's gotten divorced from Jenny Weasley, and he's just a sad single dad who gets his kids on the weekends and he's having and he's a midlife living, crisis. He's on the dole in London. Yep. That's what I, mean, I would watch. And, and meanwhile, Ginny is flourishing and uh, uh, all his friends are flourishing in the magic world. Yeah. And Ginny's like dating, uh, dating, um, dating Malfoy, Draco Malfoy's <laughs> son. <laughs> Uh, I mean, this is all great. Yeah. And he's a big, and, and Harry's not just a boozer. Yeah. This is what I would watch. Yeah. And his magic powers <clears throat> have dwindled to the point of like, all he can do is just like little, like minor tricks to make money on the streets. Yeah. <laughs> he's busking. He's like the equivalent of like a, like a, like a, like a, like a gigolo basically, but for like <laughs> doing like magic tricks. It's like that scene Andrew, in Boogie Nights. It's American Gigolo, but with Harry Potter. Yes. 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 But it's still Richard Gere. And it's still, he's, he's, they deep fake him to be a young Richard Gere. <laughs> yes. With magical powers. Oh, yes. yes. No, this must happen. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I, I was never that into Harry Potter. So, this is like this news just kind of washes off of me a little bit. Like when I was a kid, I actually read, I read the first Harry Potter before it kind of became a big craze. Like Mm -hmm. I remember like I, I found the book before it got popular. The very first one. Um, I think it was even like the original British one. Like it wasn't even like the one where they, like where they, like they, um, the where they where they Americanized it, where they changed the yeah, title changed of the book and they bit, changed yeah. the spellings of like color, take the U out and stuff. I, I, I think I read like the British version, like I found it in a library or something like that. It was just like the early, early days of right before it got big. And I read that one and then it blew up and I was like, oh, shit. And then I, I read throughout the coming years, I read the first four books 
uh, uh, Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone or whatever, British or English ver- or American version, um, Chamber of Secrets. What's the third one called? God, I, don't even, I can't remember. I don't even remember. I don't even remember what the third one's called. And then uh, and then Goblet of Fire. And that was the last one I read. I never read any of the books after that. I never watched any of the movies. I watched the first movie, I think, in theaters. And I not I never watched any of the movies after that until the very last one came out. When the when when Deathly Hollows Part Two came out, I watched all the movies with some friends and then went and saw them. And it was oh, and it was funny. them that wanted to see it. It wasn't really my thing. Um but yeah, I've never really been into Harry Potter that much. So this this doesn't really I don't really care. I read the like book a, like not in a negative book. way. I just I yeah. just it's not my thing. I'm I'm there too. I read every book. I think I saw maybe the first three movies, and then was like, I I don't need to see the movies anymore because I've read the books, and then never thought about them again. Uh, my kids were kind of into Harry Potter, not incredibly. Um, so yeah, this is all just, and now they've aged out. So I'm like, nah, whatever, whatever version is going to happen on TV, I won't be seeing it except our American Gigolo version. Yes. We'll see that one that, for sure. Cause we're going to make it. Sure. That's right. They're taking pitches, Kirk. There's no idea yet. There's no, there's nothing set in stone. They're taking pitches. So they'll hear any idea. Yes. Including, including right. London Gigolo. Oh, what if we did Hogwarts that? And they're, like, and they're just like, yeah, yeah, no, we get it. It's just immediate green light. It's immediate green light in the room. I think it'll happen. Yep. Fingers crossed. All right. So this next story is really interesting to me because I called it. But also, on I feel podcast? like. Yeah, on the podcast off and on the podcast. I've talked about this for a long time. And then, and so on several episodes ago, when we talked about the fact that Disneyland was going to rebrand Splash Mountain to get rid of the Song of the South characters. Mm -hmm. We talked about that several episodes, several episodes ago during a segment where we were talking about all of the big um, flurry of brands getting rid of racist imagery. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben and all these things. And Disneyland was one of them. And they and they were com- they, they were going to completely change Splash Mountain to get rid of the characters from Song of the South and replace it with a Princess and the Frog theme. And on that episode, I said, which I've said before many times, like off, I've I said it's it's interesting to me or it's weird to me that they would be focusing on this and saying they're going to change this. Like, why has no one ever pointed out the the stuff on the Jungle Cruise? Like if where you go on the Jungle Cruise and there's like segments where you go past these like African tribes where they're like they're like these these like, you know, these very like savage looking like old like 1950s or 40s version of like what people thought of of African tribes as people in huts wearing like grass skirts and they're like head hunters and witch doctors and you know and cannibals and things like that just that really antiquated idea of what they're chanting yeah just like that 
really antiquated idea of what life is like in Africa, which is not at all what it's like. Um, it's just kind of normal. It's the same as any place else, really. Um, and I and I I talked about that. I was like, it's weird that they would do this, and like nobody is. I I haven't even ever seen any criticism of it. Like I've never seen anybody being like, the Jungle Cruise is super racist or whatever. And I and I just thought it was interesting that it kind of flew under the radar. Um, but no more. I've finally been vindicated on this thought I've had for a long time because they're going to be completely uh, re uh, rebooting or whatever the Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. They're getting rid of all of the racially insensitive stuff, the depictions of like African tribes, people like naked in huts and like doing like rain dances or whatever. Um, and they're going to be replacing them with more updated things. And they're going to be changing the storyline to be less colonial. Uh, and it's, it's going to have a new storyline um, where you're on an expedition to save some explorers from being lost in the jungle. And it's going to be less, yeah, al- it- it's going to be less about like visiting like foreign civilizations and, you know, kind of the way that the jungle cruise does now, where, you know, you're like, here's this village of Africans and they, yeah. this is their rituals that they do or whatever. Just, you know, that very colonialist type thing where you're kind of like American explorers, like kind of looking down on, on foreign civilizations mm-hmm. and kind of studying them like they're like, they're, you know, animals basically and now it's gonna be more about like a rescue mission of uh, rescuing some explorers from being lost in the wilderness i do remember on the pod it being said but i'm a hundred percent sure it was tyler tyler no i definitely said this (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) what do you think Tyler would would ever even notice that no definitely yeah exactly I also have it on good authority that they're actually also getting rid of the gun. You know how they do the gun to scare away like the hippos? Oh, yeah. The gun's gone too. The gun's gone. Gun's gone, man. So they got to, so those, the, you're, you're like Jungle Cruise, you know, quote unquote host, they're going to have to come up with a whole, all new pattern. Yeah. Which, which honestly, I'm kind of excited like, about. what? I'm excited to hear the new pattern. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of funny to see from from ride to ride how like because, you know, the whole the whole point of the patter is like it's intentionally really terrible jokes and puns and things like that. And you have you you have kind of a spread where you have people. There's obviously some kind of default script that they have. You have the people who are just like going through the script and they're not trying at all they're just kind of going through the script mm-hmm. kind of reciting it off and then you have yeah. the people who like write their own version where yeah they're like, going off book they've got they've got their own routine that they've developed or whatever yeah. and you have the ones where they've written their own routine and it's equally as terrible and then you have the ones that have written their routine and it's like actually funny yeah there's some good people that do it there's some really good John Cruise hosts that are really actually uh, entertaining. Not yeah. like laugh out loud funny, but you're like, oh, look at you. You're charming and you ha- you're good with banter. Yeah. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see whether they come up with that 
or does it take a more serious tone? Yeah, it sounds to me like it has. People. Yeah, it sounds to me like it's going to have a more kind of like pointed, specific storyline because the because right. the thing on the Jungle Cruise now is you're just on a Jungle Cruise and they're giving you a tour of these like exotic locales or whatever. There's no story to it. The story exactly. is just you are on a Jungle Cruise and your host tells bad puns. Yeah, it's a basically bit by bit thing. But it seems like now it's going to have an actual storyline. Yeah, I'm here for it. That should be interesting. Um, and so uh, I think we talked about this a little bit before whenever it was kind of announced or maybe it was a rumor or something like that but it looks like now uh, they're doing a they're doing a, a Turner and Hooch show for Disney mm-hmm. Plus we did talk about that we did we talked about it in some form and it's going to be directed by McGee our boy McGee is he Direct- our boy? No, he's not. <laughs> I was going to say, oh boy. Director of uh, Terminator Salvation, the uh, the Charlie's Angels movies. All the um, Sugar Ray videos. All the Sugar Ray videos. The Babysitter on uh, Netflix. Uh, a couple other things I'm forgetting. Um, he's going to direct a Turner and Hooch pilot for a Disney Plus Turner and Hooch show. Uh, it's that time again where we finally have a piece of news that isn't about something getting delayed by COVID-19. Um, while everything else is slowly starting to reopen, studios are developing and looking into whatever they can make when things get back to normal again. Yep, these stories will keep happening as the world tries to return to normal. Today, we are learning about the planned Turner and Hoot show for Disney+. Plus. While announced early on during the promotional blitz for Disney+, Plus, we haven't heard much about it when this show much about when this show was going to happen, but now we're getting some more concrete information about the show. Mick G the director of the babysitter and Charlie's angel full thought full throttle has signed on to direct the pilot for the series. He will also be involved as a producer for the first season of the show, which is currently set to run for 12 episodes. Um, yeah. Based on the 1989 Tom Hanks hit Turner and Hooch was a buddy cop comedy that featured tanks teaming up with the dog to solve a murder of its previous owner. The in, the in this version of the story, in this version of the story, the Tom Hanks character will be played by Drake and Josh star Josh Peck. I vaguely uh, know Drake and Josh that show. Yeah, jo- I mean, it's gonna be played by Josh Peck. Uh, may- maybe a little bit of a hot take, or maybe it's not. I don't know, but I'm I'm actually I'm a, I'm a big fan of Josh Peck. I think he's a he's actually a a, a really good actor, um, and he seems like a good guy, but. Uh, he, I really enjoy him. He did a movie uh, kind of in the wake of the big Drake and Josh um, craze after the show ended. And he was kind of like just that Nickelodeon guy. He did a movie called The Wackness, which is uh, which was oh, really I've good. I've heard of that movie. Yeah. And it was kind of like it was kind of him being like, check it out. I'm a real actor, motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> I'm an adult. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan of Josh Peck. Drake and Josh. Theo, yeah. did you watch Drake and Josh? Okay, my kids are too cool for Drake and Josh. Josh, apparently. Oh, you're too young? Oh, we wouldn't allow it. Oh, okay. I mean. Oh yeah, there is graphic sex in Drake and Josh, so that makes <laughs> sense. Hot, hotness. I don't want. Listen, I like the original Turner and Hooch. It wasn't my favorite time actually, but it was enjoyable. I don't want Mick G's stank all over this. I really don't. I don't want the Mick G version where it's all hyped up and they're, they're part of the the 
the greatness of Turner and Hooch is that it's a sweet story. But a guy who hates this dog and learns to love this dog and become a buddy cop film. I don't want like big car chases and a motorcycle going through fire, which I feel like is what McGee is going to do. I could be wrong, but that's my take. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge McGee fan or a McGee fan at all. Um, mm-hmm. There might be some things of his that I, you know, just not thinking of that I'm okay with or like or whatever. I don't know. Um, yeah. He was an executive producer on Supernatural, which is a show that I watched and liked. Um, but he wasn't really like a creative <clears throat> force on it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of his. Uh, but aside from that, I would be interested in seeing a Turner Hooch show starring J- Josh Peck because I am a fan of Josh Peck and he doesn't uh, he doesn't do um, as much as I feel like I-, I would like to see more stuff from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would so, I would say that minus the McG, I'm, I'm good yeah. for it. So I'll I'll check it out. Uh, and on that note, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna watch some footage, and we're gonna do our regular segment. Can you go for that? After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, Kirk. Yeah. Now we're back. Yeah. We're going to do our next segment called. Hit me with it. Footage of the day. Footage of the day. We're going to watch some footage. You can't anyway. Because this is a podcast. What are we doing this for? Seems like it doesn't make sense. But we'll do it some more. You can hear our reactions and hear our opinions. Maybe that doesn't make up for the fact that you can't actually see it. Maybe you can find the footage and you can play it simultaneously and pretend like you're watching it with Kirk and me. Maybe you won't do that because it's too much work and you don't really care. Either way, we're going to do it. Footage of the day right there. That was great. Well done. Literally, in the first three seconds, here's what popped into my head. Closing time. Oh. Every new beginning. Semisonic. Some other beginnings. And which is one of the best one-hit wonder songs ever. Uh, that part right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the chord progression for closing time, for sure. That's yeah. what I was doing. Uh, it's good. Footage of the day. <laughs> One last call for video, so finish your movies or shows. <laughs> Footage of the day. You don't have to watch it, but you can't say no. I'm, I know who I want to watch videos with. I know Kirk. who I want to watch videos with. Kirk. I know who I want to watch videos with. Watch videos with. Kirk. <laughs> All right. So the first thing we're going to watch is the new teaser trailer for a show we've, we've hyped up and talked about since early on in the show. It's the teaser. It's the first teaser trailer that's been dropped for the Disney Plus series. Uh, I think it's just called Mighty Ducks. Oh boy, my is it? Is it called just Mighty Ducks? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, what is it called? Yeah, just the Mighty Ducks. No, game no changers. game changers. Ooh. Okay, so it's okay. called game. It's not even called the Mighty Ducks. It's called game changers. It should just called the Mighty Ducks. That's but ridiculous. it takes place in the Mighty Ducks cinematic universe. Oh no, it's it's called Mighty Ducks Game Changers. 
Oh, oh, oh yeah, because it's the colon. I missed. Yeah, that. it's a tagline or a, a sub line or whatever subheading yeah. or whatever you call it. All right, we're gonna watch this. I gotta cut you. If you can't be great at hockey, it's like don't bother. I want you to think about all the other kids who've been told that they're too small or too slow. They just want to get out there and play. Let's start our own team. All we need is an ice rink. You lost? So if you're looking at red skates, that's up front. Tell me the underdogs are going to come through in the end. You got to make this happen for yourself. Why do you care so much? Because you care. Did you see that? Oh my gosh! Nothing but that net. That was crazy. Nothing but that. British men's basketball. <laughs> it's interesting. How many times in your life has someone come up to you and said? I mean, if you can't play hockey, why bother at all? Yeah, <laughs> oh, oh, that's that's funny because that's, that's literally playing into what I was about to say. So up until a certain point, let's see the when does this kick in? So the first, what is this? When does it when does it happen? Too slow. Oh, let me find this happen. They just want to get out there and play. Let's start our own team. All we need is an ice rink. Okay, so up and so the first thirty seconds of a one-minute teaser trailer, up until this point, at thirty seconds in, this just looks like the most generic, shitty thing ever. Like that thing you said, the line—that's so yeah, shitty. That's such terrible writing. Yeah, to have like a coach of a hockey team just be like, if you can't be great at hockey, you might as well quit. Like, just <laughs> yeah. like you couldn't have thought of a better way of telegraphing rejection than just having the yeah. coach say that. <laughs> right. Right. And the show, the show just seems like just such generic schlock. And maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe the show just is all that. But at this 30 second mark, when my boy Emilio comes in. Yeah. Come on. This part gave me chills. Now, here's the thing. It gave me chills too. And I never watched Mighty Ducks because by the time Mighty Ducks came out, I was like, that's not my Emilio when I was growing up. <laughs> and I just got to, you know, it wasn't my, you know, you know, uh, Breakfast Club. And that was then, this is now. And yeah. Repo Man and Men at Work, all those movies, good and bad. So, but even that moment of him. I mean, you didn't name a single movie. bad movie in that whole thing listing. Damn name. right, I did. Guy's the king. I love Emilio. Yeah, I mean, I did watch Mighty Ducks, but that. But Mighty Ducks aside, I fucking love Emilio. I legit got excited, and I don't care about this movie or this show. But he walked in. I was like, oh, "It's my man, Emilio. I'm, I'm here. Come on, I'm dialed Emilio! in." Emilio. I'm, I'm excited for. I'm excited for him. I yeah. guess is the best Talk about play. like a, a single star, like elevating something like yeah. up until the 30 second mark. I'm like, this looks like fucking dog shit. And like Emilio, like Emilio Estevez, like emerging from the sh silhouette and just revealing himself. It like yeah. it's so exciting. And then from that point on, like 
I don't know if the trailer gets better. It just gets more. It just gets more like dramatic, and it just is cutting quicker. It's showing more dramatic things, so it it feels like it gets better from that point on. But honestly, it might all it might all just be Emilio. It's an it's the Emilio effect. Yeah, the Emilio effect. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I'll. I'll, I'll check this out, I guess. I'm Yeah, I, I, I watched. In fact, I have a distinct memory that I I went I went to see D2 Mighty Ducks in theaters oh at the God. at the Roswell Mall. And I was a. I'll just say this right now. I was a very well behaved kid. I didn't like I didn't like doing anything to get in trouble. I never got in trouble. I never did any mischief or whatever. But I was with my my cousin, my older cousin, and he was a huge troublemaker. And he would sometimes sort of rope me into doing mischievous things that I did not want to do, but I just like wanted to be cool or whatever. So I would kind of like do the things, but I like did not want to do them. And if left to my own devices, I would never do them. And I remember we saw, we went and saw D2, the Mighty Ducks at the theater by ourselves. And he was like throwing popcorn at the at like a woman that was like sitting in front of us. What a dick. And I wasn't throwing popcorn, but he was also like talking like he was throwing popcorn at this woman and he was and he was like talking. He was just like being a he was just being a smart ass at, at the movie. And I was also kind of like talking too because he was just I just kind of like got roped into it or yeah. peer pressure or whatever you call it more like not peer pressure. It was like an older cousin, like kind of you want to like impress them or whatever. And yeah. we had uh, somebody came up to us like a, like a, a worker at the theater and said that they were going to kick us out if we didn't stop or whatever. And I was just like, whatever you say, sir, I didn't like, I didn't want to get kicked out of a theater. I mean, I wanted to watch the movie and also the idea of getting in trouble like that was just horrifying to me, but I have a distinct memory of that in seeing D two. But I wasn't, yeah, the mighty ducks weren't my favorite movie in the world. It's more Mm -hmm. of just a love of Emilio. Agree. Agree. I mean, if we're talking about a love of Emilio, like, like you said, like men at work and fucking repo man, like that's my shit. I mean, wisdom with Demi Moore. Come on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, maybe maybe I'll check it out. It's a maybe, yeah. Uh, we're also going to watch the trailer. I think it's like the final trailer because this movie's coming out pretty soon. Uh, it's going to come out on streaming um, and also theaters as well, I think. But, you know, obviously it's mm-hmm. pretty much streaming. Uh, but it's the Godzilla versus Kong trailer. So this is uh, this is the latest movie in a franchise that's been going for a couple of years now. Um, it's the the monster, the universal um, or the the legendary monster verse. So it's an American version of the monster verse from the uh, the Toho, uh, to- uh, you know, Kaiju Tokusatsu franchise, which has, you know, Godzilla, King Ghidorah, Rodan, um, and also famously they you know they utilize King Kong in that franchise back in the 1960s and 70s, and so this is an American version of it. Uh, I think it was in 2015, 2014 was the first Godzilla movie that they came out with. Um, it starred uh, Brian Cranston and uh, Aaron Taylor Green, whatever that guy's name is, the guy who Kickass, the guy who played Kickass. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they came out with a second Godzilla movie 
King of Monsters, which was kind of like it was a sequel to that, but it was almost kind of like just almost like its own reboot because that movie didn't do very well. So it was a, it, it took place in the same continuity, but it had like all new characters. So it had like Millie Bobby Brown was the main character and her mom was played by um, uh, what's her name from The Conjuring and uh, oh, the- Mila. Um, no, not Mila. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Hold on. I got to I got to pull this up. She's yeah, she's from The Conjuring and and the Bates Motel show and Var Vargas Vera Formiga? Vera Formiga. Is, is, is that what it is? Vera Formiga. That's it. That's it. Yeah, Vera, Vera Formiga, Formiga and uh Ray Livingston? Is that No, not Ray Livingston. The guy who looks like Ray a, a more buff Ray Livingston. Uh or Ron God damn it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know names. COVID. Ron Livingston. It's the oh, guy Ron from Lind- Office from from Swingers. Yeah, but not him. He's a guy that looks like him, but like okay, buffer. That, Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler is the is in it. <laughs> I can't get into this, but <laughs> Kyle Chandler's not that much more buff than Ron Ron Okay, I I'm, I'm, that I'm not willing to fight that. <laughs> <laughs> um, he so it had Kyle Chandler, Vera Farmiga, and Millie Bobby Brown. It also didn't do very well, and then they also had. Kong Skull Island that came out between those movies, which was about King Kong. And that movie had um, uh, Brie Larson and fucking Loki. What is uh, Tom Hiddleston? And that one did okay, but still not very good. So there, so this move, this like, this is like a, this is like a cinematic universe of Godzilla that has just consistently not done very well at the box office, but they're still just kind of pushing ahead with them. And, you know, I'll just say that uh, I'm a huge fan of the Kaiju Tokusatsu Toho uh, universe, huge fan of Godzilla and all of, all of the all of the Toho Monsterverse. And I have just consistently not liked these movies. Um, I did not like the first Godzilla movie. Um, I actually haven't seen Kong Skull Island and I'm going to check it out because it's on streaming now and I want to check it out before I see this movie. Um, I hated King of Monsters. I thought it was sp- just so shit. Uh, I hated it so much. Um, they have like flashes of really cool monster fighting, and then the rest of it is just dog shit. Um, but uh, I'm still going to check this out because there's no way that I'm not seeing a movie called Godzilla versus King Kong. <laughs> um, but I don't have high hopes for it because I just have not liked this legendary franchise. Um but uh, we're gonna check out the trailer right now for this. This is our only chance. We have to take it. We need Kong. The world needs him. To stop what's coming. This child. She's the only one he'll communicate with. I knew that they had a bond. She had nowhere to go, so I made a promise to protect her. And I think that in some way, Kong did the same.
Katsella. First of all, despite how much I said I hated, I've disliked these movies. If I if I said that that trailer didn't fill me with excitement, I'd be lying because that looked fucking awesome. I'm gonna say no, thank you. I'm gonna say 100%. I'm gonna say yes, please, and then I'm gonna be very disappointed when I watch the movie. And there's like 10 minutes of that really awesome fighting. And then the rest of it is just Millie Bobby Brown and Kyle, Kyle Chandler being like, but I'm your dad. You never were my dad. I always was, but you weren't there because your mom wouldn't let me be. Oh shit. King Kong. Kong bows to no one. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to, I'm going to, no, I'm going to watch I, it with my, I'm going to watch it with my son. I'm going to do it. even watch it for free. I'm gonna convince. But, I'm gonna convince my wife that it's okay for him to watch it, and she's gonna be concerned about the violence. I'm gonna be oh, like, 100. It's, it's 100%. fucking King Kong. It's a CGI Dude, monkey. There's one great moment of Kong punching Godzilla in the face, which is great. Other than that, I I don't need any of that in my life. I mean, that part. The part you're talking about is the part that of why these movies suck. Uh, yeah. They focus on these like human subplots that are just terrible. Um, and, and, you know, the, the Toho movies, they also, they always had human subplots. Like they weren't just all monster fighting. It was like those old, those old to- Toho, you know, whether it was like the, what, wh- whichever era it was, whether it was the, you know, the Showa era or the millennium era or any, whatever it was, they always had like human subplots where it was like the monsters fighting in the background of, you know, Japanese scientists, like being like, we have to stop this from happening or whatever. But, you know, they just, those they were just, they were never tried to be more serious than they were, than they were. They, they never tried to make them super melodramatic. And that's mm-hmm. what these, these legendary movies are. They try to have these like grounded human stories that are just terrible because they just exist in this absurd universe where giant monsters are fighting. It just, it does not work tonally at all. Um, but also another thing to say is this franchise is like the, the last graveyard for actors who like started out seeming like they were going to have this promising career and then it just never took off and went anywhere. You've got you've got freaking Vera Farmiga, you've got uh Aaron Taylor Green or whatever that kick-ass guy's name was in the first one. You've got uh you've got Rebecca Hall, you've got Alexander Sk- Hall. you've got Alexander Skarsgård. This is like this is a graveyard for 
actors who were like, oh, like they're going to be huge. And then like they just kind of disappeared. What's the meanest thing you've ever said? I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying that their careers had that trajectory. It's like it's like all people who like Kyle Chandler, all these people were just like, oh, shit, like they're going to be this huge thing. And then they just kind of petered out. Oh, boy. Just all kinds of enough for me. I'm definitely going to see it. All right. Uh, and now we're going to do our regular segment where we talk about rumors and unsubstantiated stories and give our opinion about whether we think they're good ideas or not. And that segment is called. Can you go for that? Oh, 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 can you? Oh, can you go for that? Oh, 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 can you? Oh, can you go for that? Oh, can you go for that? Can you go? Can you go? Ow. That was good at the end. Yeah, that was I I pulled that out of nowhere. That was good. Um so the one story we have for Can You Go for that? Liam Neeson has recently said that he was approached by Seth MacFarlane to talk about doing a naked gun reboot. So, you know, the classic uh 1980s spoof franchise naked gun starring leslie nielsen that was uh that was created by the zucker brothers or the zucker brothers sorry um uh he uh and it, it there was there was three movies in the franchise and it and it started from a, a tv show called police story uh, police squad police squad sorry police story is yeah. a great show is a yeah the actual thing that it was yeah um uh so Liam Neeson basically said that he's been approached about rebooting it and filling in for Liam Neeson, which I think is kind of funny or filling in for Leslie Nielsen, which I think is kind of funny because it's like their names are similar. Nielsen yeah. to Neeson. Um, so, yeah, that's it. That, that That's really it's a rumor. It's just a thing he said during an interview. So a, poli- a, okay. a, a naked gun franchise with Liam Neeson as uh, Frank Drebin. I when I read this. In the outline, I was like, "Sacre bleu!" I was like, <laughs> "I was like, how dare they?" But now that I think about it, I'm going to say I can go for that because uh, if you're like, "Oh, Liam Neeson doing comedy," Leslie uh, Leslie Nielsen was a dramatic actor yeah. who just happened to kind of fall into this. This is exactly what I was going to say. I'm so glad that yeah. you're saying this. Yeah, so I could 100 percent see it could be a shit show. But I'm willing to give it a shot that maybe if he plays the dead deadpan like Leslie did, it's going to be good. Yeah, and Seth MacFarlane, sure, sure. I'm so glad you're saying this because that's that's going to be the reaction. I haven't really read reactions, but the reaction is going to be Liam Neeson is not a comedic actor. Why are they putting him in this? And to that, I say that was the whole point of Naked Gun. Exactly. They took they took a a straight man normal actor from the golden age of Hollywood in the 1950s and 60s whose career had dried up and they cast him in the main lead role of a spoof franchise which he had never done before he had never done any comedy before and that was distinctly the point was they were like let's put this like let's put this guy from Forbidden Planet this like really straight lay straightforward kind of milk toast actor and make him the main character in a comedy franchise. And he plays the whole thing straight. And that was kind of the whole thing he said was, 
you know, later on, some of the some of the later movies that Leslie Nielsen did that kind of tapered off in quality was specifically because he started getting jokey with it and playing into the comedy. But those mm-hmm. early spoofs that he did, the 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 great part about them, uh, Airplane and Naked Gun and all those those spoof movies he did was that he played them completely straight. He wasn't in on the joke. Yes. Exactly. So that's why I'm like, oh, this actually could be something good if it does happen. So I can't go for that. Yeah, I can't. I can definitely go for it as well. I'd be super interested yeah. to see what this comes out like. Definitely. Um, we can. Uh, we can. We can cat. We can recast OJ Simpson in it. Yeah, I'm just thinking that too. <laughs> it, uh, it's going to be needed. We yeah. say Bokeem Woodbine. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be yeah, he'd be great in that. He'd be great. Uh, yeah, and that was it. That was that was the one story I can definitely go for it. But that has I'm been here, another, man. another here. edition of. Can you go for that? Oh 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 oh! Can you? <laughs> can you go for that? Guitar must now be added every time you do this. You realize? Yes. I mean, yeah. I can't, can't and unring face. that bell anymore. No, and that guitar face. Uh, and in the interest of time, because we do, we have a we have a thing we got to do pretty quick. So I'm not going to do the whole final story <laughs> intro. <laughs> it's hysterical. Uh, but uh, the final story uh, is kind of a double story because. We missed an episode again, and we missed a big story that happened last week. Uh, so it's a dual header final story of R.I.P. Cloris Leachman and Larry King. Mm-hmm. So Cloris Leachman uh, just recently passed away a couple days ago. Larry King passed away last week. Um, both legendary entertainers who uh, both passed away kind of around the same age. Mm-hmm. Um of course, Larry King was a legendary broadcaster, uh, you know, doing the Larry King show for decades. Um, he was famous for kind of dragging honesty out of his guests by just really probing them with questions that a lot of other uh, um, talk show hosts just didn't do. Um, and just mm-hmm. being very blunt about the things that he would ask. Um, he passed away from sepsis. Uh, which was a complication from a COVID uh, that he was recovering from. Uh, And Cloris Leachman, I don't know. It it didn't really say what she passed away from. No, I can't remember. Yeah, it didn't really really say. They'll probably come out with that more. They'll probably come out with more news later, but it didn't actually actually say what she died Mm -hmm. from. Um. But uh, yes, you know, Cloris Leachman, you know, famously, she was she was in Young Young Frankenstein, the Mel Brooks film. She played Phyllis in the Mary Tyler Moore show. I think she got her own spinoff called Phyllis. Yep. yep. Um, and uh, she was also the grandma on Malcolm in the Middle for some younger listeners. Um, she was on le- Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. Legendary comedic actress. Uh, she was in the la- uh, she was in the last picture show. The uh, great. Great yeah. part. Won, won an Oscar for it. Yep. Uh, so RIP to those two legendary entertainers. And uh, yeah, so that's it. Thanks for listening. 
If you uh, like the show and you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe. If you have a friend you think might enjoy the show, feel free to send it to them. If you want to keep up to date with the things we're doing or the nostalgic content we post on a daily basis, you can follow us on Facebook at the official Nostalgia Facebook page. Just search Nostalgia. That's us with a blue check mark next to our name. You can follow us on Instagram at Nostalgia. Uh, you can email us if you have anything you might, might want to be read on the show, nostalgicastpod at gmail.com. Stay safe, stay healthy, and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.